Hello, and thank you for tuning in to The Field Report with me, Garrett Stubblefield. Today on the show, we've got a uh, review slash overview of last night's first Hard Knocks episode, uh, the Cowboy contract controversy, why nothing's getting done. going to be predicting the AFC and NFC South, although they're not my final predictions, uh, just what I feel at the moment. I'll make final predictions the week before the season. And looking at the players with the most to prove this season. So last night, Hard Knocks episode, a lot of cl- a lot of people are claiming it's the worst one ever. That's partially due to the hype that was built around this, you know. So many great characters on the Raiders. Antonio Brown, John Gruden, Richie Incognito, Mike Mayock. They didn't show much, though. They kind of, you know, it kind of felt like that first episode... Of Game of Thrones. We're just getting back to getting to know each other. Meeting everybody. So I don't take much you know, account to it. I'm really going to be putting the focus on next week's episode. Uh, they'll have the joint practice with the Rams. Preseason game with the Rams. Uh, maybe there will be more cuts. So those are things you know, to look forward to next week. But I liked how they opened it. You know, With you know, the, autumn, the autumn wind is just great. Uh, it's... It, I think everybody was ready to run through a wall uh, when they saw that, you know. Just the fight, the Raider fight song, and just everything, you know. It, it started great, you know. It, like, it had a great intro, Then they started off with the question everyone's asking, what is going on with Antonio Brown's feet? We got to see that this has actually been going on for a little bit now. Uh, when he was training with his trainer uh, out before training camp, it, you know, you could tell his feet were hurting. So I don't know if that happened... After he got back from France, uh, maybe that's where, you know, the frostbite happened on his feet. But it was good to see that the reason they're not letting him practice at all is because he can't contain himself. He's he's too, he's Antonio Brown. He's going to go 100%. You can't tell him to not give it his all. Uh, just like we saw with Jonathan Abrams, we'll get into that. Um, so I like the way they started it with the Antonio Brown injury and everything. It kind of got off basis, you know, a little bit there when they went to the horseback riding. Could have done without that. Uh, Would have liked to see, you know, more meetings, more focus on maybe some of the other, you know, we didn't see much of Gunther, or Gunther. Uh, Didn't see, I don't even remember Greg Olson talking in it at all. So we didn't see much of the coordinators. We saw a lot of uh, Brinston Buckner um, in, you know, him handling of uh, Ronald Ali. So, I don't know. Uh, I didn't think the, I didn't think the episode was that bad. Did have some dull moments though. Uh, I could do a lot less without Derek Carr. I've never Derek Carr just doesn't seem. He always seems like he's trying to play an angle or to be known as the nice guy, and then it seemed like they were trying to make him seem like a tough guy with the way he was raising his kids and just all I want to know, Derek, is are you gonna play with that ferocity? Go out and sling the ball, scramble around, make the plays downfield. That's all we want. That's what we want to see, Derek. That's all we want to see. We don't want to see you trying to be nice, trying to be funny, you know, with the lotion and everything. We don't want to see that. Um, so I don't know if this is, you know, the Raiders. The, they were just weren't giving them much footage, so there wasn't much to show them or what. But uh, I love Jonathan Abrams, you know. I know when he lit up Luke Wilson, that... That one, that's when you probably get on him. But the thing with uh, Dwayne Harris, 
Dwayne Harris wasn't even trying. Like, that's why he fell to the ground. Is because Jonathan Abrams given it, you know, 80%, 90%, and Dwayne Harris is just out there walking around, which... You, th you think they would have got a little... You know, I know he, Dwayne Harris is a veteran, been around the league for a while, so maybe that's why. But if you watch the film, he's, he's standing straight up. He's going to... If that was a real game, he would have been knocked, just flown 10 feet, 10 yards back. Like, that's why Jonathan Abram, why it looks so bad. The Luke Wilson one, he did, he did lean into it. He did try to hit, hit him. But when he was just taking on the block from Dwayne Harris, it really was not that bad. Uh, they were making a big deal out of that, but then you got to see kind of, you know, do do all these rookies and young players view John Gruden just as that TV personality, just as, oh, it's John Gruden, he's the funny guy and crazy guy from Monday Night Football. Um, doesn't seem like they respect him as a coach or respect him as a play caller. Maybe they respect him as a coach, but I don't know. I just didn't – it didn't feel like – like, they were all back-talking or trying to explain themselves to him. It's like, you know, take take what Coach Gruden says to heart. He knows what he's talking about. He's a great football mind. Whether or not he's going to be able to handle, you know, the NFL at this day and age remains to be seen. Um, I would have liked to see some more Josh Jacobs, though. I mean, I don't, I don't even know if he made an appearance much in that episode. Uh, he's got one of the best stories He's probably going to be the offensive focal point, you know, him and Antonio Brown. They probably should have went into him a little bit more. Uh, I I would have liked to see it. I'd like to see how he's doing, you know, in team activities, running the ball, what the coaches are thinking of him. Uh, so maybe they can focus on that. But otherwise, I, th I thought it was a good episode. Uh, the thing about the seven-man sled was awesome. I mean, I'd like to know how many teams are actually doing that right now. Uh, how many teams actually have a seven-man sled even at their facility? So that's that was really cool. You know, you got you got the five offensive line with two uh, tight ends. It was it was really fun to watch. Uh, I know you know the sled can be hell. So they they you know they weren't throwing it that far. Uh, they weren't pushing it that long. Just getting up, getting getting ready, trying to you know cohesiveness as an offensive line unit. So that was. That was probably uh, cool at the end, and seeing John Madden. Uh, how much do I do we miss John Madden on Monday Night Football, and just as an announcer in general? I don't know if there's anyone better. I mean, there's better personalities maybe, but just the way his voice, the way he talked, his composure, his presence about him. I mean, I think everyone just looks at John Madden as the greatest. I, I know I do. I don't know how you could be better than John Madden at announcing a football game. His insight, just he, he's done it. He's been a player, he's been a coach, he's been an announcer. He lived his whole life as football. Uh, he bleeds He bleeds silver and black. That's, that's who John Madden is, and that that's why he was so great. I know I would love to have him back, you know. He's up there in age. How old he looked 20 years ago in 2000 on that film is just... I'm glad he's still here. I'm glad he's still on earth, kicking it, uh, hyping up Raider fans, hyping up the team with his presence. So, shout out to John Madden. Uh, that was awesome. But let's get back into some NFL uh, news or lack thereof news. 
uh, with the Cowboys' contract situations, nothing's going on, it seems like. like. The Cowboys have come out and said in recent days that they've made offers to all three of their uh, offensive uh, playmakers, making them top five at each position. And that's cool to hear. Um, is it true? What is that? What do you mean top five? Is it top five guaranteed money? Is it top five average per year? Is it top five cap hit? What are you talking about, Jerry and Stephen Jones? We kind of want to know. Uh, and if that is top five, why hasn't Amari signed that deal? Because top five for Amari Cooper should seem like a lock. 16, you know, over 16.2 million per average year. I don't see how that's not getting signed. So that's probably something to do with the guaranteed money. Uh, I know Amari doesn't care since you know it's really just his agent. Amari just wants the ball. That's all Amari wants to do. He wants to go out and prove he was worth, you know, the top five pick in the NFL draft. Uh, so, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what Amari, uh, his contract comes out. Dak, if Dak got top five money, which I think is the most ridiculous of the three to get actual top five average money, we over $32 million a year. I mean, how was how he not running to sign that? Uh, so, something makes me think that, these deals look bigger than they are, and the guaranteed money's not there. Uh, so I don't get, you know, if Dak doesn't sign that deal at $32 million, I'd cut him for stupidity because <laughs> you're an idiot, Dak. If you're not signing a deal, it's going to pay you $32 million a year over Carson Wentz, up there with the likes of Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, and Russell Wilson. That's insane. Sign the deal, Dak, if they're offering you that much money. Uh, so that's... I thought that was just ridiculous for them to come out and say, especially for Ezekiel Elliott. That's that's the one contract that's actually affecting this team right now, and it affects the team greatly. Their their playoff percentages drop twenty percent if Ezekiel Elliott is not on the field. Dak Prescott's numbers drop drastically. I think he goes from like a top ten rated quarterback when Zeke's on the field to him being like a below average quarterback so you know bottom 16 in the league when he's off the field Dak's not you got to understand everything's game planned you know they football we spent you spend a week game planning against the other team so when you don't have the game plan for Zeke all you're doing is focusing on Dak and Amari that's that's it that's all you're trying to take away and it's easy when you can just sit back and say you have to throw it underneath <clears throat> you're not going to be just over the top we're we're only rushing four or five and we're you know, it, it doesn't make any sense. So, I I don't get why they would offer Dak that much money and then say they offered Zeke top five. We all know what Zeke wants. Zeke wants to be the highest paid running back in the league. That's what he wants. That's what he deserves. What does that entail? It tells about over, you know, $14.5 million per year. And Ezekiel has proved he's the best running back in the league in his first three years. I mean, it's to me, it's not a question. Uh, you could argue Saquon Barkley's better. Let's see him do it for three years. Let's see Saquon Barkley without Odell Beckham Jr. taking the top off the defense. Let's see what he does. Alvin Kamara, maybe you say he's the best. Okay, Alvin Kamara plays with, you know, one of the best offensive coaches in the league, one of the best quarterbacks of all time, and one of the best wide and the highest paid wide receiver in the league. So he's got a little bit of help. Zeke. You could say he plays with the best offensive line. Okay. But they're game planning. They're stacking the box, eight in the box every week against Ezekiel Elliott. 
that's how that's your formula for playing the Cowboys is oh if we stop Zeke we're probably gonna win this game yet he averages a hundred yards a game. Todd Gurley averages a little over eighty. Todd Gurley's the number one paid running back in the league, and he's already hitting his decline. Is that the fear that Zeke's gonna hit his decline like Todd Gurley? That's ridiculous. And all this talk that Zeke has off the field issues. He's had a he's had a couple. Um a couple of suspensions that won the six game suspension was ridiculous. That was Roger Goodell trying to flex his muscles to Jerry Jones, saying, I don't care, Jerry, that you're you know, you run the owners basically association that you have the highest uh, franchise value in the league. I don't care about that. I'm the commissioner. I can do what I want. Even though his case was uh, dismissed by the courts, dismissed by the police, they found no evidence, the NFL claims to have had evidence and suspended him six games. So if that's what this is all going off against, I think that's ridiculous. Jerry Jones fought for Zeke. He fought for that suspension to get taken away. And now they're using that against him as a reason not to pay him top-of-the-line running back money. And then all these people saying, well, he's got two years left on his deal. Okay, he's got two years left on his deal, but he deserves to get paid. Like, if you sign a contract with your company and then they promote you, you don't... You still you want paid more because you're taking on more of a workload. Zeke is taking on more and more and more, and now he's catching the ball regularly, and he's just he's a complete player. He blocks, he catches, he runs. What else do you want him to do? Nothing, because there's nothing else he can do. Pay the best running back in the league, top of the line money, put him behind the best offensive line in the league, run the rock, get to the playoffs, have a chance at a Super Bowl. That's what the Cowboys have been their entire existence. They've been that style of football. You know? So, what's the holdup? I just read, Stephen Jones came out and said there hasn't been much conversations between Zeke and their agent. How? How are you not talking to him every day? Like, figuring out how to get this done. Like, the season's less than a month away. We got It's time to go. It's go time. You got to get this guy at camp. You got to get this guy some reps. I'm sure Zeke's staying healthy. I'm sure Zeke's staying fit. Uh, just like he did after six-game suspension, came back and dominated the league. Like he's done every single game he's been in the league. I love Zeke Elliott. I will try to draft him every year in fantasy. Besides this year, because I don't. Ha- I have no idea what the Cowboys are doing. Their top priority should be Zeke because Dak isn't as good without Zeke. And you're not going to pay Dak $32 million to be a bottom 16 quarterback in the league. That's ridiculous. So I'm sick of hearing about the Cowboys. I'm sick of hearing the Joneses talk. I'm sick of hearing, you know, Jason Garrett come out and say anything. I, I, don't, I, I don't like Jason Garrett as head coach, so I'm a little biased there. But... I just want to see them get one deal signed. I would I would find it hilarious if they went out and signed a defensive player first, like Jalen Smith or Byron Jones. That would just make my day. <laughs> uh, as a Raiders fan, I always hear, you know, we don't have the, the actual cash to put the guaranteed money away into, uh, you know, into the bank. 
because that's what that's what these teams have to do when they when you see those contracts, like Derek Carr's 120 million guaranteed, or you get like 80 million, 60 million guaranteed. They have to put that money all in the bank day one. They have to guarantee that money is there. That's why the Raiders couldn't sign Khalil Mack. They didn't have the money in the bank to guarantee it to be there and to move to Las Vegas. So as a Raiders fan, I understand why you don't sign people. But when you're the Cowboys and you have the highest valuated franchise maybe in the world at like $5 billion, why isn't this done? Why? What is the holdup? You're going to tell me the salary cap is holding it up? So, and you're going you're to pay Dak $32 million a year, but you're going to tell me the salary cap's going to hold up signing Zeke and Amari. If any one of the three should take a discount, it's Dak. It's the quarterback. Look at how Tom Brady's done it. He's not a top five quarterback. He's not a top ten quarterback. He is a good quarterback. He's a game manager who can run, which is a really good thing, which is a really dangerous thing to be in the league. That's what Russell Wilson was for his first three years. Oh, what did they do? I don't know. Won a Super Bowl and should have won another one? So you sit here and tell me all day that Dak's the most important, that they got to get Dak's deal done first, that they could, they could win without Zeke. No, they can't. Look at the statistics. Look at the analytics. Their playoff odds tank without Zeke. Their Super Bowl odds are non-existent without Ezekiel Elliott. Don't kid yourself about Tony Pollard, whoever's coming in. They're not Ezekiel Elliott. Yes, running back's the easiest position to replace in the world in in the NFL. You know what's not easy to replace is the best damn running back on the league. All right, just like the Steelers, you're gonna find out it's hard to replace the best damn wide receiver in the league. Their game planned against at a level you cannot understand because. We don't spend the time that the coaches on the other side of the field spend that previous week trying to figure out how to stop these top guys. So, if I'm the Cowboys, I'm getting Zeke signed today. I'm offering Zeke $16 million a year today. I'm going over whatever he wants, unless it's ridiculous, like what Le'Veon Bell wanted, which was uh, number one running back and number two wide receiver combined. That's, yeah. We all saw how that worked out for you, Le'Veon. So, I don't, I don't know what's taking so long. Cowboys, get your guy in camp. Get Zeke the ball. Feed the man. That's all he wants is to be fed. That's it. Feed the money he deserves for eating so well his first three years. Uh, switch gears. Going to the NFC and AFC South predictions. Uh, we'll start with the AFC. The Colts would be my pick if I if Andrew Luck was 100% healthy coming into camp. Um, he's not out there, though, much. He's not. He hasn't been at training camp often uh, with that calf injury, so that kind of concerns me. Uh, if, if Luck goes all 16 games, you tell me you looked in the future and Luck played all 16 games, I'm rolling with the Colts to, make, to, to win the division. And I might be rolling with the Colts to win this, to get to the Super Bowl. Maybe not, you know, I haven't, I'm not choosing my Super Bowl winner yet. But to get there, they were my after free agency. That's who I liked was the Colts and the Cowboys. Uh, the Cowboys I'm completely off of now because I don't understand why the supposed best run organization 
in the league isn't, besides the Patriots, isn't signing their players. Uh, who, they've had months to do this during the offseason. They haven't signed one of them. Like, I'm not, I'm not picking the Cowboys anymore to even... I'm probably going to change my NFC East prediction to nobody because <laughs> I don't like that division anymore. Because uh, the Cowboys aren't doing nothing. And they're just... It's very frustrating as a fan of the NFL to see a team with the money to pay their guys now not pay them. Like, I get you have a salary cap and you're worried that if you pay Zeke and Amari top money, there might not be a room for left for Dak. Go walk, Dak. Go see who pays you $32 million a year. Give you a hint. Nobody will. No one's paying you $32 million a year. So I wouldn't pay Dak. I'd pay Dak $28 million a year. Uh, that gives you enough room to sign all three guys and then make your decision on one of the defensive guys. But if Andrew Luck's healthy, I'm going with the Colts. If Andrew Luck misses any more than two games, the Jaguars are going to win this division. And the Jaguars are going to win this division because they have life. They, you know, um, look at Ngakwe. He just ended his holdout without a contract to get back to camp. You know why? Because he, he knows what's going on with this team. He knows this team's great. They, if they can run, you know, Nick Foles should open up the offense enough for them to run the ball with Leonard Fournette. Uh, and they can get, they, if they can score points, that defense is going to hold people to under 21 points. So if you give them 17, 21 points, Nick Foles, which he's more than capable of doing, they're going to win football games. And I don't like, I don't like the Texans. I thought they had a pretty easy schedule last year. Uh, they were able to rattle off the games they should have won, and they got to the playoffs. And what happened in the playoffs? They got killed. They lost pretty pretty handedly um, because they weren't a playoff team. They, they really weren't. They played an easy schedule, and they got into the playoffs, which happens every year. There's a team that shouldn't have made it that got to the playoffs. So I think the, I think the Texans are going to come back to earth. They have no direction. They, have, they, they fired their GM and didn't hire another one. That shows you they have no idea what they're doing. That shows you they might be tanking this year to go out and get more offense or to get more help around the team. They're not so long Bill O'Brien. It seems like they never have. I don't know why they keep sticking with him. Uh, I guess because they made the playoffs last year. But yet you fire the GM and you don't hire another one. The only reason I could think of to do that is because you want to bring in a new coach and a new GM together to build around Deshaun Watson. So that's why I don't like the Texans, because I don't feel they have direction. They didn't go out and get anything of what they needed. I would like to saw them go out and get a running back. Uh, they could have drafted Joshua, Josh Jacobs, yet they went with uh, South Alabama Titus Howard, who threw, uh, I think it was a Packer, just flat on his back the other day in a scrimmage. But... I just I don't like the Texans. I don't like the Titans. I like the Colts and Jaguars in this division. I think they could both make the playoffs. But if Andrew Luck's not healthy, I like the Jaguars. Even though the Colts do have a good backup in Jacoby Brissett. Uh, give me the Jags if Andrew Luck's not healthy. That remains to be seen. We will update all these picks week before, making a complete season prediction for every team with records. Division winners, playoffs, uh, wild card, Super Bowl winners. As for the NFC South, this is the best. I mean, this is this is the funnest division, I think. Uh, the NFC South and NFC North 
are the two best divisions in football, in my opinion. And I have no idea who I'd pick. I think the Saints are going to come back to earth a little bit this year just because the Panthers are going to, you know, the Panthers are more healthy, the Falcons are more healthy. They're going to be better this year. So I think I think it's going to be tough for the Saints. They just have, they're going to have a, all these teams are going to have a hard schedule because they have to play six times within their division. So that's, I mean, even the Buccaneers are going to be better. Whether or not Jameis Winston is going to be the guy or not remains to be seen. But they're going to be better than what they were last year. They're, I mean, Bruce Arians is a stud head coach. But when we look at it, the Saints offense is going to be good. Can the defense keep it rolling like they did last year? The Panthers' de- uh, defense and offense should be above average, so they're going to be a good football team. And Riverboat Ron's one of my favorite head coaches in the league. And the Falcons, uh, Dan Quinn took over the defense again, so hopefully they can get the defense back to rolling. Matty Ice should keep that offense going. Uh, if Devontae Freeman can stay healthy, they're going to be good. They're going to be very good. I mean, Julio, Calvin Ridley. Uh, who's the tight end? I don't know why I'm blanking on the tight end. Uh, but they got pieces. They got players in, in Atlanta. They got that new stadium. They wanted to get to the Super Bowl last year. Had a down year because they were just ravished with injuries. Just completely decimated. So if I'm going to go ahead and pick an NFC South winner today... Uh, it's going to be the Saints. But this division, just like the NFC North, could sneak in three teams. Uh, or it might be two. You know, we get a division winner from the NFC North and South, and then a wild card from each team. So, I don't know. Well, uh, i got to look at the schedules, go over all the games. But after right now, just who I like the most to win that division would be the Saints. Um... Now let's look at some players with the most to prove this season. Uh, I did, a, you know, on the first podcast I did players with the most to lose uh, this season, which really the difference between that and this is those players I chose to lose uh, were in jeopardy to lose their job or lose their reputa- reputation or kind of lose the momentum they had going. Um, so like Derek Carr, you know, he could lose his job. Jimmy Garoppolo could lose his job. Those are those are some of the players I picked that had the most to lose this season, but the most to prove this season. Uh, number one, I think is going to be Jadavian Clowney. I think Jadavian Clowney is in line to be paid as a top defensive end, which is the next best position to be paid as, unless you're a quarterback. So I think Jadavian Clowney, if he comes out here and balls this year, just completely, you know, shows the freak of nature that he is, that he came into the NFL as, I really think he's going to get broken off. And I think the Texans are going to be kind of mad at themselves that they didn't trade this guy. Because, honestly, they probably should have traded him last year before the trade deadline. Uh, A team that needed defensive help probably would have went out and got him. And you could have got a first-round pick for him. Uh, Now, you're probably not going to see that. He's not Khalil Mack. He's not going to draw you two first-round picks. That's not going to happen. Uh, could you get a first-round pick for him? Yes, from the from the right team. Uh, so we'll see what that goes like. But you're going to have to give up a pick, and you're going to have to pay him, you know, top three 
defense and money, which is hefty. Because Khalil Mack got $23 million a year. He's not going to get that. He's going to probably get about $20, $21 million a year. Uh, still, that's a lot of money to be playing to a defensive end who has been inconsistent at times. I mean, the talent and athleticism are all there. We all see it. But he doesn't. his, his numbers don't pop out at you like they probably should as a top defensive end. Uh, you know, like Frank Clark. You know, Frank Clark's a really good example of guys who have come into the league put their head down and balled out, numbers show it, everything showed it, and got paid. Clowney balled out, eh, season, balled out, what's going, you know, eh, season, that's what all, that's why this is kind of a stalemate. So, Clowney has a lot to prove this year. I, I look forward to watching him. He could really help the Texans. Uh, I don't, maybe they, maybe they will pay him if he goes out and has a good enough year. But they get, they have a lot of money going to the other guy on the left, J.J. Watt. So, we'll see. Um, next on my list is Antonio Brown, especially with this foot injury and just a lot of, you know, the controversy, controversies that went on in uh, Pittsburgh, that they were better off without him, that he was a locker room nuisance, just all this stuff. Antonio Brown has a lot to come out and prove, uh, not only on the football field, but in the locker room. I know it's, you know, he looks, he's taken like Trayvon Mullen under his wing, the young cornerback from Clemson, the Raiders took the second round. Uh, so he's kind of mentoring some of the guys. When he's on the field, I mean, he, he balls. He gives it 110%. That's why, you watch Hard Knocks last night, that's why they can't let him practice. It's because he doesn't know how to stop being himself. He doesn't know how to just grind, which I, I can appreciate. You know, <laughs> I love that as my, as a, my player, you know, him not being able to take it easy is a bad thing. At the same time, you're like, eh, I'll live with it. Because guess what? I know the second he's going to be healthy, all he's going to be doing is working. So, Antonio Brown has a lot to prove. He can go out there and he can make Derek look good. He can make Gruden look good. He's got a lot on his shoulders. You know, he's trying to rebuild this image from the Steelers, trying to prove, hey, it wasn't me. It was that guy named Big Ben. You know, I couldn't, I couldn't get along with that guy. That's it wasn't the organization. It wasn't this. It wasn't that. It was my quarterback, who didn't want to come out and work with me all the time, like I wanted him to. You know, so Antonio Brown's my second player. Uh, the next three are all running backs. Next three are all going to be the high. Should be the highest paid running backs when we start the season. We'll start with the number one highest paid running back in the league right now, Todd Gurley. Todd Gurley's got a huge amount of proof. He just got he just got broke off with his contract, and he just kind of ruined the Rams' season by not being able to play, you know, uh, in the Super Bowl. Not play much, effectively, in the Super Bowl. Um, he was their main offensive weapon. He's just got a lot to prove that he's still healthy with that knee. He's got a lot to prove that he can still be the focal point of the offense and keep it rolling in, in L.A. He's got a lot to prove that... He, he's the best, you know. <laughs> you just paid this guy as the number one running back in the league, and he, what's wrong? You know, nothing comes out about it. No one wants to talk about it in the Rams organization. They want to keep it hush hush. Let Todd, you know, heal, or if he's gonna heal. Um, so that's why I have Todd Gurley, you know, as you know, one of the most approved because he's got to prove it to us. He's got to come out and show us. 
you know, the knee was hurt. It's not degenerative or it's not, it's not ailing me every day. It's just, I was hurt after the end of a long season where I balled out, you know, the first 13 weeks of the year. So we'll see. Uh, next is going to be Le'Veon Bell. Le'Veon Bell's got a ton to prove as well. You held out, wanted to be the highest paid running back, didn't quite get there. You know, you got a good average per year, $14 million. But let's see what you do. Let's see how the Jets can use you. Let's see you weren't, you know, uh, a product of Antonio Brown taking that top off of a defense. Let's see that. Uh, so I think, I think Le'Veon Bell is going to be good in New York. I think they're going to give him the ball. He's going to produce. He's going to make the Jets look better. Will he produce the level he did in Pittsburgh? I don't believe so because he was producing it as a record level. So it's not it's not the same. It's going to be harder for him to produce. But he's got to prove that this year in New York, tough media market. You know, they got two of the top four or five running backs in the league in New York with Saquon and Le'Veon. So he's got you know he's kind of got a he's kind of got a show. He's the top dog in New York. Yeah, so he's got a lot to prove. And then last is the guy we've talked about the most lately. That's Ezekiel Elliott. And Zeke has nothing to prove when it comes to being on the field. Because he's already proved it to me that he's the best running back in the league. So when I say he's got to prove it, he's got to go out and prove it to the, his owner and uh, Stephen Jones. He's got to prove it to Jerry and Stephen that, hey, I'm not a fuck-up. I've been in a bad situation that was overturned by the courts. I still got suspended. I have that hanging over me. I went to a festival in Las Vegas and got a little uppity with a security guy who tripped over his own shoes and fell to the ground and now his dad's trying to make a big deal out of it because he's a lawyer. I don't have a stigma to me. I know what I'm doing. I'm maturing. I'm going to be the best player in the NFL. I'm going to be the top running back in the NFL. You pay me. I'm going to go out there and I'm going to eat. All you got to do is feed me. That's what Zeke's got to prove this year is all you need to do is feed me the rock and I will take care of my business. All we got to do is handle this mutual business between us. You pay me the top running back money and I'll go out there and prove it to you. He's got a ton to prove because if he messes up, I mean, throw all my takes out the window. I'll be the first to admit that the Cowboys, if he, if they trade him and he messes up again, I just, I would be shocked, one, because it's not like you see, I don't know, it's, it's not like you see Zeke out there every single night just partying and, uh, he hasn't failed the drug test. He hasn't done all those things. He got into a fight at, like, a bar once, which, I mean, if you ever been to a bar, <laughs> it's, it's, like, it's like the tension in a bar is like there's a fight about to break out 24-7. So, Zeke needs to go out and prove he's the top running back, not by running the ball, but by proving it by carrying himself as a top running back with his work ethic with his demeanor, with his off-the-field issues. That's all he has to do to prove it to me, to prove it to the organization. 
but he deserves the money, and then he can prove it. I think that's you know that's what I'd, I'd tell him if I'm Jerry and Stephen Jones. Like, here's your contract offer. It's going to make you the highest-paid running back in the league probably for the next couple of years until Saquon Barkley or Alvin Kamara. Uh, and you're going to get... You're going to get the money you deserve, but we want you to prove it to us. We want you to prove it. You're not only the football player, but you're the man with top money, top running back, character yourself like that. Go out there and be the best you possible. Go out there and prove it to everybody that you know what you're doing, that you're not some basket case or some some guy who's going to fuck it up. Just go out there and be the best you possible, Zeke. Because our fans love you. I love you. Jerry, me, Jerry Jones, I love you, Zeke. That's what you got to tell him. But I'm concerned that if I give you all this money, you're just going to go and get suspended again. And this time it could be for eight games. It could be for 16 games. So, Zeke, all I want from you is just be good. Here's your money. Let's go win a Super and that's what Zeke's got to prove this year. But that's the podcast for today. Uh, thanks for tuning in. We got plenty more content going uh, as the season comes along. We'll be getting more into fantasy football, getting more into the betting lines. I'll be giving away all my bets, all free, all year. Uh, I, I usually win quite a bit of bets, over fifty percent, definitely. Uh, usually give you you know f- three or four bets per week. Or just if I only like one, probably give you a one. But if you already haven't looked into week one, look into week one lines. Hit me. Uh, you can hit me with a DM on Instagram. The handle is at the field report NFL. Uh, you can DM me any any thoughts on betting you want. I'm picking up this betting Bible here in Las Vegas uh, probably tomorrow. So, you know, I, I do my research. I'm a numbers guy. You know, I have getting a degree in mathematics I know what I'm talking about in football I've been watching since I was you know six years old so just you know hit me up if you want if you want to talk talk some betting talk some football bets uh, I'm more than happy to talk talk with you about it uh, if you have any questions you want to hear the pod DM me I will 100% get to them and just I just I just like doing this guys I like talking football I like other people here, my, my thoughts, creating conversation, creating dialogue, and being positive about it, you know? I, I'm not going to yell at you and tell you you're an idiot or anything like that. Uh, I, I just, I love, I love the game of football. It's a game I fell in love with reading the Sunday newspaper, watching when I was six years old. Uh, the first game I ever watched was a Raiders game. It was on my birthday. I was in a bowling alley. And the Raiders were playing the Ravens. I think it was like two, 2000, sort of been like January of 2000, uh, the year the Ravens won the Super Bowl. But they're playing in Oakland, AFC Championship game, and you just see these the Raiders fans dressed up in the silver and black, painted faces, and they had these stuffed little purple Ravens, uh, you know, stuffed little purple Ravens in their mouths, chewing them up, you know, taking the heads off. I was just like, that's awesome. That's, that's the dedication. That was just, that was the team. That was my team. That was my team from the second I saw that. And 
that I kind of knew the Raiders a little bit. You know, as six year old, you don't recognize everything. But my, it was my dad's team, uh, so I, I I followed that. But when I saw that, is when I became a part of it. When I saw the fans doing that, so I love football. If I could do it, do this for the rest of my life and not make a dime, I'd do it. I don't do this for money. I just do it. I just do it for the fun of it. I do it for my love of the game. So that's that's a little bit about me. Anyway, give me a follow on Instagram at the Field Report NFL. Have a great day.